Hello, I'm Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod and author of You're Not Broke, You're Pretty Rich, and you're listening to The Wallet. Every week, we give you the best tips, guidance, and a good dose of inspiration and motivation to manage your money better. Have you ever heard about the FIRE movement or financial independence retire early? Often criticized FIRE as a movement where you adopt sometimes extreme savings methods in order to achieve financial freedom. In today's episode, I had the pleasure to interview Mary and Ken Okorafo, founders of The Humble Penny. They talk openly about their journey, becoming mortgage-free in seven years and achieving financial independence at 34. I love this episode. We talked about purpose, social validation, the sacrifices they made, and how they quit their corporate jobs to focus more on fun and family life. How they pursue their passions and truly live their best lives. With a lot of gratitude and joy. I'm excited to announce our very first Vespod Festival, taking place on October 9th, Money Matters in collaboration with the Financial Times. It's a full day of inspiring money talks, workshops, great food and music at the Ned in London. Get your tickets at vespod.com events or through the links in the description. The UK gender pension gap is 38% on average, rising to almost 60% in some regions. There are barriers at almost every stage of a woman's life, limiting her ability to save for retirement. Today's sponsor is Pension B. Pension B is a leading online pension provider that has enabled thousands of savers to be pension confident by helping them transfer their old pensions together into one simple online plan. You can download the app or head to pensionb.com for more information or speak to their team of beekeepers. Just remember that capital is at risk. Remember that we are not certified financial advisors. Information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. I'm Ken of The Humble Penny and uh, a sister platform called Financial Joy Academy. I today uh, run The Humble Penny, these platforms with Mary, who's my wife. Um, But my journey started many many years before that i hope we can kind of go into it but uh essentially our journey started back in 2010 together yes we met in 2009 um we started dating um and we both wanted something different um for our lives and so we you know during our journey together we actually came up with a 10-year plan um, in 2020, in 2010, whilst we were on holiday in Zanzibar on the beach, we, we wrote out our 10-year plan, which I guess kind of shaped, you know, where we are today. I love that. What what was in your 10-year plan? I mean, how did you write that? What do you need? A piece of paper? <laughs> a pen? <laughs> yeah, so we had a notebook and pen. And yeah. You to... <clears throat> yeah, the notebook and pen was actually to plan our wedding. Yes. But we were just there at the beach and we were like, do you know what? What do we want out of our lives? <clears throat> what do we actually, like, what do we see ahead of us? What do we want? We didn't have very much money at mm-hmm. all because we didn't even have the money for our wedding. And so we were like, the things we had in there was we wanted a mortgage-free house. We wanted a house we could walk up to and, you know, not have to climb any stairs. We just had to put the key in and open the doors and just go in. You wanted a big kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I wanted a big kitchen. (laughs) Um, We wanted to be able to travel the world and have fun seeing around the world because we hadn't really, at that stage of our lives, traveled very much. We wanted a family. Mm -hmm. wanted children. You mm-hmm. wanted four kids. 
Yes, <laughs> Ken wanted three. I wanted three maximum. <laughs> um, what else did we want? We wanted, yeah, just to be to feel to get to a point where we were financially free. Yeah, that was the main thing. That really. was the we main wanted thing. To be financially independent. And, yeah. and how did you come up with this idea? Because I guess for most people, they're living sort of paycheck to paycheck, never take the time to plan, especially as, as a couple, sometimes it's really hard to have these conversations. So how did you mm. come up with these ideas? Is it because, you know, something when you were young or maybe things you, you had or things you didn't have, what made you really mm. like sit down and decide we're going to do that? And also in your 20s, that's super young to do this exercise. And I realize most people will do it in their 40s and they're like, oh my God, we've missed on, on, on all these things. So what's, what was a bit like the, you know, the, the trigger and the inspiration to do it? So a big one, it had to do with our lives before we actually met. So I moved to the UK when I was 14. Uh, so I'm a first generation immigrant to the UK. So I moved here from Lagos in Nigeria. And when we moved here, we didn't have any money at all. So for me, a big motivation was always, how could I create a different life for myself? Like, how could I make it, you know, quote unquote, in this country? How could I figure out all these people who have money? How have they been able to get there? So for me, a big, a book that revealed this to me, which connected me to Mary in a funny way, was a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Because it was at the Rich Dad, Poor Dad event in London that I went to learn about property investing, that Mary also came to the same event. And so this is where we met. Did you, yeah. But you want to tell, tell say a bit about your background and your motivation? And um, yeah, so um, unlike Ken, I was born in London to um, immigrant parents. So I grew up in a rough council estate in Hackney, East London. Not the Hackney yeah. that you know of it today. Yeah, very different. <laughs> <laughs> um, and growing up, I just noticed, like, we had to make a lot of sacrifices. Like, we didn't do holidays, family holidays mm. abroad. We rarely ate out at restaurants. Um, and, yeah, I just wanted a different life for myself growing up. Um, although I have many fond memories of my childhood, very happy memories, we just found, like, other creative ways to entertain ourselves. Um So I, as part of learning, you know, growing up with my parents, I learned how to live on a tight budget, um, how to save money. You know, I, I dabbled with like entrepreneurial things in secondary school, like, you know, making CDs and selling them during my lunch break, um, doing, bootleg, the paper, bootleg bootleg, bootleg, yeah. <laughs> doing the paper round. But I guess going to uni and, and graduating and working in a corporate world, you know, and meeting new people and reading and Um, observing like what the successful people did I knew that there was a different way of doing things and you know I also like Ken read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad um, and I just wanted to do things differently with my money you know it, it's nice to save your money but what can you do with your money to make your money work for you instead of you having to do the whole kind of nine to five for you for your whole life and still struggling you know to to get by and and, and I guess starting this journey and this just like you know, plan and writing a plan literally like transformed your life and you became financially independent at 34, uh, mortgage free. So can you, we, we're going to talk about the, the journey, but maybe what are the first 
steps in this in this journey? How did you start? Because I guess it's super exciting, but at the same time, you may feel it's like a mountain to climb. Um, so yeah. what type of research did you do, planning and stuff like that? So the first thing to understand is that financial independence is actually like a stage on the mm -hmm. money journey. So it's like, you know, most people right now, as you mentioned, are living paycheck to paycheck. They earn their income, they pay their bills, they pay for some debt, they might book a holiday, but then they wait for that next paycheck. But then the, the, the thing that separates the people who are maybe more financially secure and ultimately become financially independent is that they have created a much larger buffer than most people. And the very beginning stages of getting on that journey is actually trying to live below your means. And we struggle a lot with doing that. You know, our generation, we're the millennial generation, and our generation love to live for today. And we, we actually quite really struggle with the concept of the future. Mm -hmm. And so I'd say the very beginning is actually, first of all, understanding where you are, because a lot of people run away from the reality of their finances. They don't, they don't want to work out like their net worth and, you know, they don't want to come face to face with how much debt they've got and stuff like that. So understanding where you are is actually a really good exercise. And then understanding where you're trying to get to. So like where, you know, what's the destination? What does that financially independent life yeah. look like? What does it mean in numbers? And then, you know, what's the gap in between that that needs to be filled? That's almost like a very basic um, outline of the initial picture that one needs to um, needs to begin to create. And when you think about the the destination, and we talk about that also during my 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 classes, most people have a very hard time to find a number they want to get to. How do you determine how much money you actually need? Because you may feel, oh, that's a lot, or that's not enough, or actually I'm going to get to this number and maybe I'll want more. So what is your enough number and, and how do you get to this number? Um, so for us personally, we don't have that specific number anymore. anymore. Um, yeah. As it's been you know, a few years since we got to financial independence. Mm. But for somebody who wants to calculate you know, what their FI number is, Um, it's simply when the income coming from your assets is able to cover your outgoing living expenses. Mm -hmm. And so that means that financial independence will be different for everybody. Um, what's our number will be different to your number. And if your lifestyle is simple um, and low cost, you will achieve financial independence sooner mm -hmm. um, than most people who, say, have a really expensive lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Well, another way of doing it is, you know, there's it's almost like a a very simplistic calculation is the 4% rule, which mm -hmm. is a almost a, it's, a, it's, it's too simple, in fact, it's in that it, it essentially says, take, you know, what you currently spend today, so your monthly expenses, annualize it. So if you spend, say, £2,000 a month, multiply that by 12 to be 24,000, and then divide that by 4%, which is what's known as the safe withdrawal rate. But we think of that as we, we personally think of that as a very simplistic calculation because it just gives you a bit of an idea because there are many other complexities that go in, such as, you know, what if you've paid off your mortgage? What if you've had mm -hmm. what if you have children? What if there are all these things that go in? So we always say, well, actually, you should try and make that number three percent rather than four percent, because then 
you know, you're preparing for all eventualities, such as what if you live longer? What if all these things? So our personal approach is actually much more focused around assets, you know. So if you can simplify your lifestyle enough, which is a lot of what we did was around lifestyle simplification, and then over time invest in assets that generate your income without you necessarily having to work every hour of the day, then you're far more likely to to get there because a lot of your your output is into investing into various assets that then generate your income on a monthly basis. So that's that's our almost our preferred way of targeting this this whole thing. And when we talk about assets, so if you're listening to the episode, you're not too sure what what an asset is. Basically, something you can invest in, and you know the traditional asset classes are um, equities, so stocks and shares, bonds, fixed income, cash, and, and property. But there's also more less traditional and alternative asset classes. Can you tell me for you, you know, what have you been investing in? What have you been building that today? paying you an income that allows you to not work i mean you still work and you're you know you you work on your yes. passion but yes. what are the things that's that are you know paying you an income okay so um and i'm glad you identified that we still work because we do we run the humble penny and that involves a lot of work <laughs> um so um we the first for us the one big thing really was that we um invested in ourselves So self-investment is actually a pretty big thing because the more valuable um, you are to the marketplace, the more you're likely to earn more yeah. over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've continually focused on self-investment um, and growing as individuals. For example, our careers, right? So we, I started off as a trainee chartered accountant in 2006. And by 20, 2017, I became a chief financial mm-hmm. officer. To get to that level, I did an executive MBA at the University of Cambridge. I became a chartered accountant. I had a first-class degree. And as well as other other non-traditional forms of learning, like Mary and I love reading. We're always reading lots of books. We're doing short courses. We're in groups with people where we learn from other people. Just things like that mean that we're always um, growing and we never feel stagnant and feel like we're not progressing so all those bits just means that economically you're much more likely to earn more because your skill set is at a much higher level um, than um, maybe relatively to other people so that's one thing and then other assets more traditionally are like um, we started investing in the stock market in 2010 and that's been a big part of our journey Um, initially started with uh, specific uh, income paying dividend stocks But then we started to diversify into other areas uh, such as index funds and ETFs and and so on over time. And then we looked into property investment, starting with our home being one that um, we paid off and then uh, properties outside of that. And and then other non-traditional forms. So um, we run a business. Do you want to speak a bit about the business? Yeah, so we um, started a children's nursery and we co-run a chain of nurseries. So um, 
I, I was hands-on in that, leaving the corporate world to do that fully and run one of the chains um, in London whilst, you know, bringing up our two boys. And so even though we're not so involved um, in the day-to-day, um, those nurseries are still running and we generate an income from those um, nurseries. So that's the physical business that we invested in, which has, you know, it has become, you know, good success for us in terms of it yeah. being able to generate income for us. Can you talk a little bit about the, the challenges and maybe some of the mistakes you've made um, along the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so challenges. I'd say a big one is staying determined to achieve a goal, even though everybody around yeah. you is doing something else. So you can feel a bit like you're a little bit weird because you're trying to create a particular type of life but there isn't a lot of evidence of that life yeah. around you because everyone else is driving a really nice expensive car and you're driving one that's not that nice and not that expensive. Mm, yeah. Everyone else is doing all these other things and you're like, well, actually I'm trying to pay off my mortgage and people are like, hmm, yeah, good for you. Let's see how that turns out. You know, so there's all those things where you're, you're, you're it's that, it's that bit where you are, you're, you're going against the grain of normal society which is i'm trying to do something unusual so it can feel quite lonely is the point i'm trying to make because not many people um are maybe trying to do the things you might be trying to do so that what that meant for us is that it meant our friendships started mm -hmm. to change a little bit because we then had to find other people who Were... on the fire I guess journey themselves and yeah. they could understand like why we were doing certain things and hmm. the sacrifices we were making yes and like you sacrifices. said that the Gosh. seven year goal to pay off our mortgage a lot of people did not get that yeah um which is fine but yeah it... and you were saying about sacrifices do you want to speak to some more Yeah, so some of the sacrifices, like you mentioned, just us not driving like the flashiest car. So we we got a cheaper car, um, an electric one, which we were able, it's low running costs for very us, low. like very low. Um, I guess we're fortunate enough to have our own drive, and so we're able to charge our car in our drive. But it just meant that you know on a monthly basis, the amount that we were paying to run our car was like peanuts. So about just 20, to give 28 example, pounds a month. Yeah, 28 yeah. pounds a month to run our car. Um, you know, our children till this day still want us to have a flashy car, but you know, we know <laughs> our reasons and, and, and yeah. they're just having to get used to that. Um, another thing was that we lived on a 50 pound budget, 50 pound week budget. food budget. Um, for years mm -hmm. and that was a challenge um, that was actually a challenge it just meant doing creative things and doing things differently like shopping in um, cheaper supermarkets buying mm -hmm. store branded um, products and items mm -hmm. um, what else also the hours that we put in like we were working very 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 long hours yeah we were both working full-time whilst running you know the nursery the The, the humble penny the side, hustle. The side hustle which now became our main <laughs> kids. hustle but it was long hours kids, kids yeah. exactly kids, kids. Yeah, yeah yeah so trying to juggle all of that and I was doing an MBA um, yes was doing at MBA. the same time <laughs> it was quite it was it's a bit of a blur but it was it was fun it was very challenging but it was everything was worth it and definitely wouldn't change anything and we chose and this is important we decided not to have an additional child Yes. And, and I know this is a very sensitive topic. It's a sensitive topic, very yeah. Very sensitive topic because, and, you know, obviously some people would like to have 
Mm. You know, more children. So yeah. they, they, you know, we chose very personally on our own situation mm-hmm. because you know there's there's obviously costs to raising children, and you know I know not everything's fit that way, but yeah. Know. Also, I think the two are enough like they keep us busy and entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Any other challenges you can think of? Just just, just career, you know. Mm. Time when you're trying to become successful in your career, and you're putting the hours in. You know, there's a real cost to that. That's time away from family, time away from personal time. You know, sometimes I'd go to work. I'd go, I'd leave home at 7 a.m. I'd be back at almost midnight. Mm-hmm. You know, those are hours that are going in because I was trying to go up in my career yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, And that meant you had to carry all the weight, yeah. looking after all the kids whilst mm-hmm. I was away. And, yeah. You know, those are real sacrifices that mm-hmm. had to go in. But we knew it was short term, short term, it was only for a season and it wouldn't always be this way. So I guess that also yeah. helped us to stay motivated. We knew our why, we had our vision. So yeah, that, yeah. that helped along the journey. <laughs> you talked about, you know, the fire movement and your fire friends. And there's a lot of chat about that at the moment. Can you, can you talk a little bit about this, this movement and how did you discover it and, and sort of embraced it? For us, it all started by actually reading a lot of American blogs. And we were just like reading these blogs and thinking, wow, like this is interesting. And how, why is there not a lot of talk about this in the UK and stuff? And and then the book we mentioned earlier that Rich Dad Poor Dad also almost introduced us mm-hmm. to the mindset around mm-hmm. these ideas. Yeah, And so um, we started the blog, our blog, thehumblepenny.com, as a way to actually start to have a conversation about this subject from our perspective as a black family with children, you know, because a lot of the people who were writing were basically white males with no kids. And so we were like, oh, uh, what about us? Like, there must be, this must be for us too, yeah. you know. And so we started to write some things about this um, just to share our own journey. Mm-hmm. We didn't know it was called the FIRE movement. No. We just knew, like, we wanted to become financially independent one mm-hmm. day, you know. And so the FIRE stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. Which started off in the US. Yeah. yeah. But our own view of that is that we're focused a lot more on the financial independence mm-hmm. part because, mm-hmm. like, we, we believe in working, you know, choosing the type of work you do and, you know, contributing and stuff like that with the option with the option exactly of retiring early if you wanted to i wanted to ask you when you actually achieved your your number your financial independence number which initially was a number and now it's a lot more than that i guess and you you talked about that do you celebrate do you i mean you have you don't stop working but how do you feel is it like a one-day shift or is it more like a journey you know, you feel fantastic because, you know, you have much more optionality in your life. However, I'd say the biggest, the thing that felt the most real to us was actually paying off our mortgage mm-hmm. because, you know, the house is tangible. You know, like, you know, you're in the house all the time. There's almost an emotional attachment to a house and you've raised children there. You've, you know, all these elements so because this was so tangible, it felt like, wow, like, oh, my God. Some days I'd go for a walk and I'd come back and I'd look at the house and go, wow, like, this is our house. Like, this is actually ours. 
you know, we're still in our 30s. How, you know, how this is insane. Like, we, we did not, like, you know, though we had this vision, like, mm-hmm. you didn't, I didn't know it would happen as quick as seven years, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, we thought maybe 15 years or, you know, whatever, but it happened so much quicker. So for us, um, it, it's just more about the optionality. And it made certain things much better. So, for example, in 2020, when the pandemic hit, I decided to quit my job and career and all that and really focus a lot more on what we were doing with the Humble Penny because that was taking off. And Mary did so the year before in 2019. Mm-hmm. And that, those moves were only really possible because of our the states where we were in our finances. Because without that, we would have felt a lot more, you know, a bit more of a, a risky move to make, yeah. to do it, especially during a pandemic. Definitely. Um, and since I have both of you, I just wanted to know, how do you manage that as a, as a couple? I guess it's amazing to, you know, take this idea together and do it together, but I'm sure it's also not easy. Um, so can you talk about how you manage this as, as a couple? And I think a lot of the courses you, you teach are also for couples. So we work from home, um, which is nice, but we like to break it up a bit. So we sometimes go into London. um, We break up our day by going for walks. Um, But we also have like, you know, me time where we, whether it's doing exercise or having, you know, our alone time, reading um, and just focusing on stuff that we wanted to do. But we've, because we've always been on the same page, <laughs> like we, we literally, you know, met a property, you know, seminar, we've just always just enjoyed working together, we're best friends, and we just enjoy yeah, um, each other's company, so I think what works for us might not work for other people, but it definitely, mm. um, yeah, it works for us. I'd add to that is conversations, I'd say with couples, talking is a really powerful tool, and not many couples really pause to talk and dream together. You know? Yeah. Oftentimes it's like, you know, firefighting, like, oh no, there's a bill. We need to pay the bill now, you know, before we get a penalty, you know. When mm-hmm. in actual fact, things that actually help couples is having like good quality conversations, like, wow, you know, like what are we dreaming about? Like, what are we excited about in our life at the moment? Mm. and stuff like that just conversations particularly in a different environment yeah i guess it's yeah the 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 accountability the open conversation and and for people who want to do this fire thing on their on their own do you have a few a few tips because i guess when you have like two salaries two income you have this day-to-day you know encouragement and coaching i find it a lot easier so what if you just want to do it on on your own um if, if you have a few tips to share I think it's quite challenging for someone who is on their, who's on the journey by themselves, but it's definitely possible. So I think um, the first is just having, um, uh, I think it's helpful to have a framework that, that's help, you know, that one can rely on. So we use, we teach the a framework we call the POST, which is P stands for purpose, which is like, what's your core why? for wanting to go on this financial independence journey? Like, why does it matter to you as an individual? Why does this, at your very core, why does this really matter for your life? And once you've got clarity on that why, that why is like, almost think of it as the flame that will ignite everything because you need that ignition to keep going. And then there's the O, which is the objective. So out of that purpose, you then create an objective, which is a very clear goal. For example, 
hey, uh, I need to build a 600K portfolio in by the 31st of December, 2032. You know, it has to be really clear and really, really um, visible what the objective is for that individual. And then the S in the acronym POST is a strategy, which is like, what's going to be my approach for how I do this? Will it be stock market investing? Will it be that I focus on getting promoted in my career and really advancing myself? Will it be that I have a side hustle in addition to my day job? And the final piece, which is the T, which is the, 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 the tactics, is really there. Uh, it's re- really all about the small steps. So, for example, let's say you said your strategy is stock market investing. Then a strategy could be, I want to achieve a 50% savings rate or a 40% savings rate or whatever. So that then means that you're able to save a lot more and invest a lot more and stuff like that. Or a strategy could be that I'm going to, a tactic rather could be, I'm going to commit two hours of my day to my side hustle, you know, uh, after work or, you know, one hour before work. And so having that framework, I think, helps someone who's single and going on this journey themselves, um, uh, achieve it a lot faster yeah and like Ken said um, earlier it can feel like a lonely journey so definitely join in communities of um, like-minded people such as FestPod, The Humble Penny, Financial Joy <laughs> Academy. Um, it's just so important to surround yourself, honestly, with people who are, yes. you know, have the same kind of mindset. Mindset. So as important. you, it's very important. Um, also join in masterminds as well, um, just where you where you can find somebody who can help you with accountability. Mm. Yeah, you're more likely to to succeed. Just on the on the mindset, I love that. And I love that you have the word joy also, because often when we think about money, you're right, is this scarcity mindset, is that, with, you know, this fear of money. And that's how most of us have maybe felt like, you know, growing up or not talking about money or not having enough money and a lot of these things. Just before we wrap up, how do you like master your, your, your mindset? You talk a lot about self-investment. I guess there's a lot in like books and stuff like that. But where, where do you learn about mindset and, and, and abundance? It's an interesting one because I think a big factor in how your mindset is shaped over time is who you hang Mm -hmm. around with. So um, if you look around you, if you do almost like an audit of all your friends, right, and just said, you know what, Um, what is my assessment of my top five people that I hang around with all the time? Uh, Do I think they have a bit of a kind of, you know, a, a lack of belief in something bigger or in like you know or do I think they're very kind of like glass half full they're always trying to expand and grow you find that you learn a lot from just assessing the people around you like for example there's certain people I know when I hang around them I feel super pumped like I feel super charged up because they've got great ideas even though we're going through the cost of living crisis and what have you and so I think the people you have around you are absolutely Mm -hmm. critical because they will help you to really um, stay challenged and stay on your on your toes, as well as really almost look inward as well, because uh, it's by looking inward that you begin to ask yourself, hmm, what kind of mindset do I actually have? Do I have a bit of a scarcity mindset where I think, for example, a really classic example is your friend gets a promotion and you feel you look like you're happy for them, but then you're actually like, oh, you know, inside yeah. you're a bit sad that it wasn't you who got the promotion. Whereas somebody who has an abundance mindset we think, well, actually, fantastic. 
I can, you know, what do I need to do yeah. to do to get to that level? Because everyone can have a promotion as well. And just simple things like, you know, journaling yeah. and really um, self-analyzing, you know, yourself. Yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so much. It's been super inspiring. So for me, everything you said from, you know, finding your purpose, ignoring this, you know, social validation, it's really important, you know, the comparison, doing it for yourself. And now, I guess, sharing your story you know, having these feelings of gratitude, of joy in the in the journeys um, are, are so important. And I hope that will inspire so many people to do a, a little bit more for themselves. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Wallet. Please share this show with your friends and subscribe on your favorite platform. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It only takes a few seconds, but it helps more people find our show. Don't forget to book your ticket for Best Festival, Money Matters. It's not a bribe, but there will be breakfast, lunch, and some great music. So head to festpod.com slash events now. Join us again next Thursday for another episode of The Wallet for an in-depth look at what made Warren Buffett so successful. What is his investment strategy and why is the quintessential value investor?